0: All right, this afternoon, let's uh, go back to what we were talking about this morning in Sunday school. Can a Christian lose his salvation? Just a quick review before we get into the new material for those that weren't in Sunday school. First of all, what does it mean to lose your salvation? It, It technically, or theologically, it's called conditional security. If you don't believe in eternal security, then you by default believe in conditional security, which means that you can lose your salvation. To lose your salvation means you can truly and sincerely trust Christ as your Savior, receive the free gift of salvation, and become a born-again child of God, then sin, and Christ takes it all back. He takes back the gift, and he disowns you as as his child. That's what you believe if you believe that a Christian can lose his salvation. However, To not believe in conditional security means that you believe in eternal security. That's what we believe here at Myo Baptist Church, because that's what we know that the Bible teaches, eternal security. Once saved, you are always saved. Ironside said it this way. When we speak of the eternal security of the believer, what do we mean? We mean that once a poor sinner has been regenerated by the Word and the Spirit of God... Once he's received a new life and a new nature and has been made partaker of the divine nature, once he has been justified from every charge before the throne of God, it is absolutely impossible that that man should ever again be a lost soul. Those that believe once you're saved, you're always saved, that is eternal security. Now, who believes that you can lose your salvation? Well, many individual Christians, if they don't believe it, they they wonder about it. But there are entire groups of people, denominations, if you will, who believe you can lose your salvation. That would include Roman Catholics, Wesleyan Methodists, Free Will Baptists, the Church of Christ, and many Pentecostal denominations. They all believe and they teach that. Now... What's at stake? A quick review of something else that we covered this morning. In other words, does it matter? And if it matters, why does it matter? Let me give you six things real quick. What's at stake? Number one is your joy. If you are unsettled on this matter, or if you come to the wrong conclusion that you can lose your salvation, what is at stake is your joy. If our salvation hinges on anything but the finished work of Christ on the cross, we are in trouble. If you and I have any part in maintaining our salvation, it will be difficult to live with much assurance. Where there is no assurance of God's acceptance, there is no peace. And where there is no peace, there is no joy. So what's at stake here? Number one, joy. Number two is forgiveness. If the sins you commit after becoming a Christian can annul your relationship with the Savior... Clearly, those sins were not covered at Calvary. To make a differentiation between forgiven and unforgiven sins is to make a distinction foreign to Scripture. So, I mean, if it becomes a matter of, I don't know if I'm forgiven or not. I, I don't know if I've sinned a sin that the Lord would kick me out or if I haven't. So the whole idea of forgiveness becomes kind of mushy. We, we don't know where we stand. So the idea of forgiveness is up in the air. The idea of faith alone is at stake. Once good works are introduced into the salvation process, salvation is no longer by faith alone, it is by faith and works. You say, Well, I, I believe in faith alone. Well, not if you believe you can lose your salvation. Because if you believe you can lose, if you believe you can lose your salvation, then you also have to believe that you can keep your salvation, and that's adding works to the grace of God. That's something you have to do. And the Bible very clearly says it's of grace, all of grace, okay? It's the grace of God. So faith alone is at stake. Love is at stake. If there's a condition, even one attached to God's willingness to maintain a relationship with his children, it is not unconditional. I think I can honestly say, as I said earlier this morning, the love that I have for my three children is unconditional. There is nothing that they can do that would cause me not to love them anymore or to disown them. Do you think God is any less loving than I am? I would think he's a whole lot better at loving than I am and a whole lot more pure at loving than I am. And, but when you believe that you can lose your salvation or that God would disown one of his children, you're going to question the love of God. Evangelism comes into play. Christians who are insecure about where they stand with God have a difficult time sharing the love of God with others because they really don't understand it. They often find it impossible to get beyond their own struggle with salvation. I mean, if you don't know from day to day whether you're saved or not, it's going to be kind of a real challenge to be able to witness to somebody. And then lastly, we said this morning, the other thing that gets mixed up in all of this is our focus. As long as I have an ongoing role in the salvation process, my natural tendency will be to focus on my behavior rather than on Christ. I mean, if I can lose it, if I really believe I can lose it, I'm going to be wondering every day, have I lost it? Did I do something serious enough to lose it? Did I do something that got me right up to the edge and I haven't lost it, but I'm about to lose it? When we should be focusing on Christ and his love and his glory and his greatness. So it affects our focus as well. And I mentioned this morning that this is an issue because people who believe you can lose your salvation will take you to Scripture. And they'll say, what does this say? And we mentioned, you know, two passages in Hebrews. And we explain to you exactly what those say, uh, what, what they mean, okay? But there are, on a, one of the things you have to understand about interpreting Scripture is, and there are rules of Interpretation that make sure you don't get it wrong. And one of the basic rules of interpretation is, if there is a verse or several verses that are obscure, don't come to some obscure conclusion. Interpret them in the light of the verses that are not obscure. Verses that clearly state something. And I contend that all of the verses that the uh, people that believe you can lose your salvation look to are at best obscure. But in many cases, they're not obscure. You've just got thoughts in your mind that just are not, they're just not accurate about what that verse is saying. But one of the tenets of understanding Scripture properly is where you might have an obscure statement. You, you have to understand wh- there are verses that speak clearly on that subject. Go by what is clearly stated. Don't hang your hat on something that honest individuals will say at best is obscure. So let me give you verses that state it clearly. And, you know, it's not on the screen, but and you won't have time to turn to them. I'm just going to read them to you. If you want to jot down the references, I'll give you the references. John 10, 27 and 28. Here are verses that clearly state... You cannot lose your salvation. John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them life that if they're lucky, it'll be eternal. But if they're not lucky, you're just going to have to figure it out. I'm being facetious, of course. And I give unto them eternal life. And... Pardon me, but to me, eternal means eternal. When he gives you eternal life, it's not temporary life or life on probation. He would say that. God's upfront and honest with us. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither, I mean, here he says it three times in three different ways. I give unto them eternal life, number one, and they shall never perish, number two, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, number three. I mean, that's clear, that's unambiguous, that's not obscure. John 6, verse number 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Don't let this keep you awake at night wondering if you're saved or not. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are saved. You are saved. You say, well, what if I do something bad? What if I sin? He will spank you. Really? He'll spank you. You ever been spanked before? I've been spanked. God spanks me. You know, and if he doesn't, Sharon does. She's not laughing. She's like, you you better believe it. (laughs) John five twenty four Verily, verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that hath sent me hath everlasting life, and probably won't come unto condemnation, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have conditional life. Again, being facetious to, to make a point. But have everlasting life. If it's conditional, it's conditional. I mean, I don't tell somebody you have everlasting something, and I, I really mean that it's conditional. When God says it's everlasting, once you get it, it's everlasting. It's everlasting. Romans eleven twenty nine, For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He's not going to change his mind. Jude 1, 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now he which establish us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. When you are saved, you are sealed. And you are given the earnest, the down payment. God's not going to take it back. Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And there are many other verses that we could cite that are unambiguous, that are very clear, that you can hang your hat on. And think about it, folks. If you could lose your salvation, don't you think there would be evidence of that in Scripture of certain people having lost their salvation and it being said of them that they, that individual, lost his or her salvation? I mean, you would think if you could lose your salvation based upon the fact that you simply sinned that it would happen a lot because all of us sin after getting saved, so you'd think there'd be abundant evidence of that in Scripture, but you just don't find it. Is it ever said of Peter that he lost his salvation? Is it ever said of him? You know, and Peter, you know, he, he cursed. He, he, I mean, he, it was bad. And never is it said of him that he lost his salvation. Paul, Paul acknowledged the things I ought to do, I don't do, the things I do, I shouldn't do. Never is it said of him that he lost his salvation. Doubting Thomas, and we know him as Doubting Thomas, Never said that he lost his salvation. And the apostles themselves, you think about those guys. They they demonstrated at times pride. They demonstrated ego. They demonstrated fear. They demonstrated jealousy. They demonstrated all of those things and never once in Scripture did it say, okay, you know, he's, he's, he's done. He lost it never does it say that because it doesn't happen if you think about it both with scripture and with reasoning you have to come away confident that once you are truly born again that you cannot lose your salvation let me give you some biblical verses and arguments that come from those verses Arguments against losing your salvation. Arguments for eternal security. Number one, because self-righteousness did not save us in the first place, Okay, self-righteousness don't, doesn't save us in the first place, it's the grace of God that saves us. Because self-righteousness did not save us in the first place, it is not a basis upon which salvation can be continued or lost. If you believe you can lose your salvation, then you must believe you have to keep it. And that's works. Does that make sense? That's a logical, reasonable argument. That if you believe, if you're sitting here and you think that it's possible for for you to lose your salvation, then whether or not you realize it or not, what you're saying is... You have to keep it. You have to make sure that you don't cross that line and, you know, whatever, wherever it is and lose your salvation. If you can lose it, you have to keep it. And that's worked. And the Bible's very clear about that. Titus 3 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. So again, argument number one if you can lose it, then you're the one that has to keep it. And if you have to keep it, then that's works. And that is saying that what Christ did on the cross was not sufficient. You have to add to that. And that is an insult to the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Argument number one. Argument number two. If God bestows initial salvation without effort, but then requires us to perform to maintain salvation, then salvation is no longer a gift. Salvation is not given or maintained by works. Remember, salvation is a gift. The Bible's very clear about that. And if you think that you have to do things and not do things, in other words, work for it, then it's not a gift. You are living in defiance to what God's Word clearly says, that salvation is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8, for, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And if you have to work to earn it, you're doing something in clear disregard to what God's Word says. It's a gift. That's the only way you get it. You cannot earn it. You cannot work for it. Number three, if a believer or Christian can lose his or her salvation, then eternal life is no longer eternal. Many passages teach that once you receive the free gift of God, it is, in fact, eternal life. Romans 6.23 is one of the verses that clearly state that. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If it wasn't eternal, it, it, you know, if, if he's going to be more accurate because you can lose your salvation, it would be like I give you probationary life. If you hold on and don't sin until the day you die... Then, then you have eternal life. But no, he gives eternal life from, from the get-go. That's what you get. You get eternal life. And again, I mentioned this this morning, in case you weren't here this morning. Some people then will make a counter-argument that, well, that means we can do anything. You know, if our, if our salvation is secure in Christ, then we can do it. No, you can't. Because the Bible's very clear. He chastens those that he loves. And you can't get away with it. That's contrary to, to Scripture. Argument number four. The Spirit's seal cannot be broken. Once you are sealed, I mean, that's the point of a seal. It can't be broken. So if a Christian can lose his salvation, then the Holy Spirit has failed in his sealing ministry. When the Spirit of God has placed the seal on us... Signifying that we belong to God, we are His property. And the Bible's very clear. And grieve, in Ephesians 4:30 And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That ought to encourage you. That ought to make you feel really good that you can't lose your salvation. You are sealed. And if you believe that you can lose your salvation, you're going against one of the strong points of God making the case that you can't. That you were sealed. Next argument. Christ's death perfectly dealt with all sins. If a Christian can lose his salvation and go to hell because of some sin, then Jesus Christ's atonement must not have perfectly dealt with all sins. Which, of course, is untrue. In other words, when I got born again as a young teenager down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know, at that time, I wasn't worth a hill of beans. I'm going to have to get in there often now. I like that. But I got saved, and I said it this morning, it bears repeating, because it's true of you too. When the Lord saved me, I mean... What if I'd have gotten saved six months later or two years later? I'd have been just as saved, and all those sins were still yet in the future. He saved me from all my sins, past and present at that time, and future. I mean, he said, I'll forgive you of all your sins. He doesn't say, I'll forgive you of your past sins so far, but from now on, you better walk straight, because I ain't going to forgive you of those. It just doesn't work that way. And then, this last argument that we can make from Scripture. Oh, by, by the way, and the verse with, with number five, uh, Titus two fourteen, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That he might redeem us from all iniquity. And then this last argument that we make against losing one salvation, and this one's very practical. And I don't have a verse for it because you can't have a verse for it. What are you talking about? We'll listen to the argument. The Bible never specifies which sin or sins remove salvation. If you believe that a person can lose his salvation, if you believe that you can lose your salvation, which sin is it can Can you lose your salvation because you know you thought a bad thought uh, or do you have to murder somebody or do you have to steal something you know wh- where, when does it happen? The Bible never specifies which sin or sins remove salvation. If salvation could be lost by something we do or some sin we commit, wouldn't the Bible say we should stay away from that? From that particular sin? The reason the Bible never says stay away from that one is because there is no sin that you can commit that would undo your Salvation. Makes common sense to me. Well, pastor, what about people who say they're saved, and then they just turn away from God and live in in debauchery? You know, understand, for all of us, there's nothing more personal and in a certain way private than our relationship with God. And nobody can tell for certain whether or not I'm saved or you're saved. I mean, it's that personal. Okay, you, you, you know that. And in some cases, not even the person knows that because they're self-deceived. They think they are when really they, they are not. So just because somebody tells you that they're saved and then they're off just living a horrible, immoral, ungodly, disgusting life, you say, well, you know... Shouldn't they, I mean, if anybody should lose their salvation, it ought to be them. Well, understand this. When you see someone who claimed to be a Christian but abandons the faith, 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they were of us or had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. So don't let the fact that someone who claims claimed, past tense, to be a Christian and is now living a very immoral life, you, know, you, you say, well, surely they've lost their, their salvation. Chances are they never had it. But, I mean, we don't know. But you do know about yourself. You know, let, let's, let's be a little selfish here, a little self-centered for a second. Not in a bad way, but in an introspective way. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? It's that simple. If there was a time when you realized you were a sinner on your way to hell, and you put all of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, knowing that of yourself you could do nothing to earn heaven, and you asked Jesus to save you, you're saved. But understand, and the Bible's very clear about this. Paul even taught this. We're still in a battle till we get to heaven. And we're, we're we're still gonna sin, but we're gonna fight it, and we're gonna try to grow. And that's part of the sanctification process. And we know that if we'll confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, the Bible acknowledges. It talks about Christians being backslidden. It doesn't talk about them being lost. It uses a specific term, backslidden, not where you ought to be. I think it's a lie of Satan that he would want you to believe that You could lose your salvation. When people do not know where they are in their standing with God, when people are uncertain whether a sin they committed caused God to take away their eternal life or not, it is like the little girl who picks a daisy... And one by one, takes off the pedals, saying with each one, you know where this is going. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. That is the horrible situation that people find themselves in who do not believe in eternal security, which the Bible so clearly teaches. That's a horrible situation to be in. For those that understand eternal security and understand the very clear teaching of so many verses and passages in the Bible, for those that do understand it, it works like this. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. They may spank you, but he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That will, knowledge of that and peace in that area will will resolve so many issues, what we listed them a while ago. It'll help you have joy it will give you a good understanding of forgiveness. It will help you understand what faith is all about. It will bring in the clarity, the love of God. It will make you stronger in your evangelism. And it will help you really focus. Focus on Jesus and His goodness and His long-suffering and His patience. So we will sin and we will do wrong and, and we, we will be chastened for it because we're his children. But remember the daisy. Get you one, pick the petals. He, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And go home today enjoying the love, the grace and the peace it comes with knowing Christ as your eternal Savior. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com Thanks for listening.